0: This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glynn.
1: Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glynn, and this is episode 51 of the On the Banks podcast, our Rutgers women's soccer postseason preview. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And of course you can follow on the banks on Twitter as well at otb underscore SB nation. There are many ways to listen to this episode and every episode of the on the banks podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Stitcher just search on the banks podcast. You can find us on all the rest of your favorite podcast platforms as well. And of course you can find all of our podcasts and so much more great content by going to onthebanks.com. I'm very excited for episode 51. I will be joined by the head coach of Rutgers women's soccer, Mike O'Neill. Make sure to head out to your field this Sunday, November 3rd at 12 p.m. as the Scarlet Knights take on 7th seeded Indiana. This is a huge opportunity for Rutgers as the semifinals and finals of the Big Ten tournament will be at your field no matter what. Where better to capture their first Big Ten title than here in Piscataway? It would be the first Big Ten team title in Rutgers history, and it would be great for women's soccer, a program that is just so consistent. It's really the model of consistency here at RU, and it would be great for them to be the first team to capture the conference trophy. Coach O'Neal has this program winning every year, and this year has the potential, I believe, to be the best one yet. Before we are joined by Coach O'Neal, I want to quickly discuss the allegations against softball coach Kristen Butler and her husband Marcus Smith that came out a couple days ago. Now, of course, there are still so many questions that obviously need to be answered. It seems like there is so much more that has yet to come out from both sides, and I think the outside investigation ordered by President Barchi will reveal a lot. It is much needed, it will help determine exactly what happened and what the consequences will be, and it will provide so many answers that we need to know. But unfortunately, this is just another blemish, another black eye on the Scarlet Knights athletic department. You know, it seems like year after year we sit here and we see new issues pop up involving Rutgers. This department, it needs to do better. Now, it's not every team, obviously, but it's a common cliche that one or two bad eggs can ruin it for the rest, and that is exactly what is happening. It is a stain on not only the department but on the u- university as a whole. Rutgers in the national media gets painted negatively, and it blocks all the good that this school is doing, both in athletics and academics. You know, luckily, however, we have programs like women's soccer that show the potential of Rutgers athletics. Coach O'Neal has built this program into a powerhouse year after year, constantly competing towards the top of the Big Ten and the NCAA tournaments. It's programs like this one that have the power and have the ability to change the perception of Rutgers athletics for good. And these programs, they have the power to show the world just how special it is to be a Scarlet Knight.
0: Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn.
1: His Scarlet Knights finish 14-2-2 this season, 8-2-1 in the Big Ten. They enter the Big Ten tournament as the two-seed and will take on seventh-seeded Indiana at Yersack Field on Sunday, November 3rd. I am so excited to be joined by the head coach of Rutgers Women's Soccer, Mike O'Neill. Coach, great to talk to you again. Thanks so much for coming back on and, of course, joining me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, Lance, thanks for having me.
1: Coach, this season was a great one for your program. 14 two and two to finish off the year, the most wins since two thousand fifteen. Of course, we all remember how much fun that season was. Looking at the regular season as a whole, what makes this group so special and how were they able to be so successful against ranked teams like Tennessee, conference pros like Penn State and Michigan, and of course the rest of what was a really tough schedule?
0: Well, I think it you know, it starts with, you know, last year last year when the season ended. You know, they they understand what needs to get done to be successful on the field, individually and as a team. Um, So they put a lot of time and effort into preparing for this season. We had a – they have a captain's preseason that happens before uh, preseason starts, um, which is, you know, something that has been very important um, to the success because what they try to do is they establish, you know – leadership, they make the the incoming players uh, more comfortable, um, but they establish expectations on what the season should look like. So um, I just think their commitment to getting better uh, when they're away from us, their commitment to getting better when they're with us. I think the leadership of our captains has been phenomenal, Taylor Almar, uh, Amira Ali. Gabby Provenzano and Amanda Visco I think our senior leadership has been fantastic um but I, I think the the thing that happens is you have to be committed to getting better and you know they are so committed to the day to day and putting the work in and and enjoying the process so all credit to the to the players and and I think uh, you know the, the coaching staff that I have is one of the best in the country
1: So coach let's take a look at some of your players that made this regular season so successful Obviously Amira Ali is a special talent and I think has gotten better every year she has been here. 8 goals this year, 20 points for her. We knew she could score, we knew she could create as much offense as really anyone in the country. But where did Amira really grow this season in her junior year? Where did she really improve her game from her sophomore season to now?
0: Well, I think it's I think it's all aspects of the game. I think she's, you know, technically and tactically um, has improved. Um, and I, and I say that technically, I think she's, you know, one of the best that I've been around her tactical understanding of the game. Um, she understands what it's like to, to be fit. And, um, and you know, I think the, the thing that she has added to her game is she's a, she's a 90 minute player. Um, so she has taken that responsibility, but I think one of, one of the areas for, um, our, for our coaching staff is that, you know, we know And she knows going into a game that she's going to be a focus. Um, So at times she has two, three players around her. So she has learned to take that responsibility, deal with the numbers. She sees it and understands how to get other people involved. Um, So I think that she's grown as a footballer in every aspect of the game.
1: You know, we discussed secondary scoring, and I think that is something this team may have lacked in the past. You know, it used to be Amira Ali, she was relied on for offense, and then a host of teammates would chip in here and there. This year was different as that secondary scoring came from Neka Moname, who in fact had nine goals, one more than Amira this season. What about her emergence offensively? How much fun was it watching Nekka reach her potential in her junior year?
0: Well, it's been it's been it's been important. I mean, you you can't uh, just have one person carry the load. It needs to be, you know, a, a couple of players. And and I think what um, Neca has done is, you know, Neca has twenty three points on the season. She's got six game winners. I think the last four games she's had the game winners in each of those games. Uh, so she has taken responsibility to you know to play alongside amira but i think the thing that happens is that you have to put that time in and neka worked hard in the off season to prepare herself for success um but it you know it, it is an understanding that you know we asked the, we asked the three forwards i think that you know mira has four game winners neka has six Brittany laplan has scored a couple of goals and nanda visco you know jules Arnop so so people have to step up um but I think what NECA has done is it gives us, you know, more players. It gives us any, on any given game, we have several players that can step up and that is so important for success. So I know we all know that Amira is drawing that attention, but it needs other players like NECA to step up and take responsibility um, to score goals so we can have success. And she has done that and, and more. And I think that what the, what the, what they have built, Uh, with uh, Brittany LaPlante and, you know, and the players that we bring into the game um, has been pretty special to be a part of.
1: So on the back end, Megan McClellan had another great season. Nine shutouts, .5 goals against average. Five of those nine shutouts in Big Ten play. When you have an experienced, reliable goaltender in Megan as your last line of defense, that must make you pretty comfortable. And I'm sure it has a positive effect on your defense overall, knowing that Megan is there to clean things up when needed.
0: Yeah, it builds confidence. I mean, Megan is one of the best keepers in the country, um, so um, you know she does the things that she's supposed to do, and then does things that others cannot. But I think what it does, it builds this level of confidence in in front of you. And you know, I think Amanda Visco, Amanda Visco has had uh, three very good years at, at Rutgers, and I think this year she's been great. Um, I think uh, you know, losing Chantel Swaby and you know, Chantel's been out for a large part of the season through international duty and through injury. Um, and then bringing Gabby Provenzano from the midfield into the back line. It, by having someone like Megan behind you, that transition is just a little bit easier um, because of how much confidence she has. And Gabby has done a great job. Tierney Wilshire is a pro. She's having a great year. And Allie Lynch you know, is a freshman. So having that experience behind... The back four um, is is critical because, you know, you need to be good in that area of the field. And I think what Megan has done and the back four has done um, has been pretty special. But uh, we ask everybody to play both sides of the ball. But when you have an experienced person in the goal like Meg McClellan, um, it builds confidence through the whole team.
1: Coach, your team, especially that back line, it seemed to rise when adversity hit. You know, opponents, they averaged almost six corners a game in Big Ten play, but your team still held the competition to less than one goal a game in conference play. What gives your defense the ability to really bear down and have that bend but don't break attitude when that pressure ultimately comes their way?
0: Yeah, I think it's compete and contribute. You know, it's uh, it's so important that... Um They come out every day and they're getting better every day and they understand the importance of contributing to the team's success. I think they're so good at the habits and the details. Um, and what does that mean? That's the habit and the details that we stress to them that we want our habits and details to be the best. And I think what, uh, what Megan Ron has done with the backs and Lubash has done with the goalkeepers. um, is um, you know is a big part of our is a big part of our success, but you know their commitment to winning um, is is inspiring to be a part of. But again, like I said earlier, you know, it starts up starts up front, it starts for the forwards and the middies to make sure that that they're defending and doing a great job. But they also know that behind them is one of the best defenses and one of the best goalkeepers in the country. And again, I think it's what you asked earlier: it just builds confidence.
1: Joined by the head coach of Rutgers Women's Soccer, Mike O'Neill. Coach, you and your players love playing more than the regulation 90 minutes in a game. Eight overtime games, not as many as last season, but still almost half of the games this year went to overtime. Of course, as the game goes later, that pressure only builds. Do you believe the overtime games and the pressure your team has gone through this year is only a benefit and can really only help now that the games become really winner go home situations?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about 90 minutes plus. We always have to be prepared for that. Um, so I think that we've had our fair share of overtime games. So when it gets into overtime, you know, they just, you know, they're so focused on what they need to do. Um, because we, you know, do we want to, would we like to get it done in 90 minutes? Yes you know, but, um, you know, we have had over the past couple of years, our fair share of overtime games. So, and they kind of just in that that bond, they just become, you know, closer and closer and and they have this mentality, uh, like you said, of bending, but not breaking. And then they're doing the things that they need to do defensively. And that allows us the opportunity uh, to create and finish a chance and win the game. I think one of the things that was most important is that, you know, over the weekend, you know, we were down 2 nothing at, at Michigan State. And, you know, just some things, some habits and details got away from us. But, you know, you know, playing in the overtimes or coming back from 2 nothing to win 3-2 is the sign of a very talented team. But it gives you that experience. So if you're faced out again, you know that you've done it before. Um, but it's like I said earlier, it's, would we like to finish it in 90? We would, you know. Um, but again, I just, you know, their, their commitment to competing and getting results, uh, as a team, um, is, is, is pretty special to watch. What's
1: the mindset uh, of your players, obviously going into, as I said before, win or go home situations. So you know, what do you tell them? What do you say to them before these pressure filled games and be at a conference tournament or an NCAA tournament, knowing that, you know, if you don't have your a game each and every time it could be your last game of the season.
0: Yeah. But we talk so much about, um, You know, this is what they've worked hard for their whole life. That's what brought them to Rutgers University. That's what brought them to one of the top programs in the country um, was the work that they put in. So they've been in big games before. Um, But we also talk about that there's nothing better than having something uh, on the line, something, something to play for so um yeah so you want that pressure that's like that's you know that's the you know that's what gets you from the the season into the postseason that you want to be able to feel playoff soccer so it forces you to be the best because there is something on the line in the season when you go to the big 10 you're playing for points so that's important Um, So you can see the, you know, the, the, the standings and you can see, you know, whether you're in first or second, what you need to do to continue to have success, what you need to do to have a great season, the importance of winning on the road and winning at home, you know, and you could table watch to see, you know, where you fit in and where those games are of are, you know, all the games are important. Every game in the Big Ten is the battle, but you get a chance. There's always something a little bit extra on the line when you're playing for three points in conference. But what that allows you to do is that conference play allows you to set up the opportunity for postseason. So we talk about, you know, let's work hard and let's enjoy this too. Let's not, you know, let's continue to have the same mentality that we have is we focus on one game at a time and taking care of our business. And and in order to do that, we need to put our best foot forward. We need to put our best team effort forward that we're going to call on everybody to be the best that they can be and make sure that team dynamic We just stick together through everything.
1: Coach, do you get worried at all about your players looking ahead? You know, I know you won't say it, obviously, but your program, look, it's going to be in the NCAA tournament. Do you get nervous at all of having players looking ahead, focusing more on games in the future than, of course, the game right in front of them?
0: I don't. Because we talk so much about one game at a time. And I think like the, you know, the leadership that we've had and you know, the focus that we've had is they understand the importance to take it one game at a time, because the next, if, if we look far, if we look ahead, then success is not possible on the day. Um, so I think the, you know, do they, do they know that, you know, that we have that opportunity? Yes. But they also understand that it's so important. It gives us the best opportunity to be successful and to have a good postseason by, taking it one game at a time and not thinking ahead. And I think a big piece of that is our leaders. Our leaderships talk about it all the time. You know, we just talk about day-to-day. Let's get better today. Let's be better today than we were yesterday. And it's the same thing. We know there's a quarterfinal game on Sunday at 12 o'clock, and that's our focus.
1: Coach, a couple more before I let you go. Rest versus rust is always a obviously a big topic of discussion come any tournament time, regardless of the sport. You're 7-0-1 in your last eight games, but come game time Sunday, you will have gone a week without playing a game. What is your opinion on the long layoff? Do you enjoy it because it gives your players you know, time to relax before pressure-filled matches, or do you worry about it because of that rust having gone a significant amount of time without going against an opponent?
0: I don't. I don't worry about it because it's important for our players as they've had a long season. It's not easy being a student-athlete. Um, and that, that time, there's a lot in a short period of time, both on the field and off the field. Um, so having a few days off is important because it gets them. It gives them a chance to focus on the academics, kind of recharge the batteries. Um, and then, you know, we know that we have that match on Sunday. But it's what I spoke about earlier is the day to day is that it's so important that our training environment on the day to day leading up to that game is a good one. And that we have to get better every day it's got to be competitive we have things that we need to focus on ourselves and then some things that we're going to need to focus on for when we play against indiana but that has been the way it's been all year that they have been focused on the day-to-day and trying to improve they know what has to happen on sunday i think the break is a, a couple of days off is a good thing because you don't really get it a lot in the season um so that the layoff does not bother me i think we'll get you know they'll get uh We'll get some fresh legs, uh, and we get ready for the match on Sunday.
1: Coach, last one. Your team, they have a big opportunity in front of them. You're 9-2 and two at home this season. Of course, the quarterfinal game against Indiana will be at your sack field. The semis will be at your sack field, and the finals as well will be at your sack field, regardless of who plays in them. You'll have the home crowd advantage as far as you go in the tournament upcoming how much are you and your players looking forward to the opportunity and really the advantage of playing on a common pitch and playing in front of home fans as far as you go in conference tournament play?
0: We're excited to be at home. There's nothing, there's nothing better than playing in front of the, your family and your friends and Rutgers Nation. There's nothing There's nothing better than that. Um, but we also know that the last two quarterfinals, we got beat. Um and so our focus right now is, is just playing in that match on Sunday. We're not, we're not looking to the semifinal. We need to win on Sunday to be to give us an opportunity to play in the semifinal game. So it still comes that back to taking one game at a time. We know what we need to get done, and we're going to put our best foot forward to get it done so we can play in the semifinals. But again, it's one game at a time. That's our focus. Indiana, 12 o'clock on
1: Sunday Rutgers opens up the big 10 tournament this Sunday at Yersac field against Indiana make sure of course to come out and support the Scarlet Knights as they look to continue the success they had in the regular season right now the game is scheduled for 12 p.m coach thanks so much for coming on the podcast once again good luck in the big 10 tournament this week all of Rutgers is rooting for you and your team
0: thank you so much for your time I appreciate your support
1: I want to thank Coach O'Neill for coming on the podcast ahead of the Scarlet Knights Big Ten Tournament quarterfinal game against 7th seeded Indiana. First and foremost, make sure to head out to your sack field for every game the Scarlet Knights play in the Big Ten Tournament. They open up the tournament at noon this Sunday, November 3rd. This team has a huge opportunity ahead of them with the semifinals and the finals being hosted at your sack field, regardless of whether Rutgers is in it or not. It's something that the Scarlet Knights can certainly take advantage of with a 9-2 record at home this season. This team and this program has been the model of consistency here at Rutgers, and it has continued with this year. Coach O'Neill and his staff have instilled in their players the need to look at one game at a time, especially come tournament time where, frankly, each match is win or go home. You need to bring your A game or it might be your last game of the year. You know, I remember back to the 2015 season for this program, the most successful in its history where they got all the way to the College Cup semifinal. I was with that team every step of the way, broadcasting many regular season games, broadcasting the entire Big Ten tournament and the entire NCAA tournament with WRSU. It was a special team that had playmakers at forward, midfield, defense, and of course in goal. I think this team mirrors and has the potential to be just as, as special as that one. They are battle-tested, they have youth and experience, they have multiple big-time goal scorers, which is something they haven't had in the last couple of years, and of course, Megan McClelland is a leader in goal, just as Casey Murphy was four years ago. Coach O'Neill has this team ready and prepared for Indiana, as well as the games going forward. Look, it's certainly going to be a challenge in both the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, but with the challenge comes a big opportunity for this squad. They have the opportunity to do big things this November, but first comes the Big Ten tournament and a chance to bring home a conference championship trophy. Frankly, where better to do it? They can bring home the first Big Ten team title and do it all at yearsac Field. In front of their friends, in front of their family, and in front of all of Rutgers Nation as this program aims to make history and they aim to do it here on The Banks.
0: Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.